Hey guys, it is Tiffany Chanel, and we are back for another episode of Tiffany Tune-Up podcast in which I give you the grueling details of my life and somehow you guys relish it and won't go away. And so since you're here, <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Today is a very special episode for me because I have one of my near and dear friends Joining me on this episode, and let's see if she is here. Cree, are you with us? Hello. Hi, Cree. How are you? Fabulous. How are you? I am lovely, as are you. And um, I wanted to have Cree on this episode, you guys, because <laughs> this episode has been on my heart to do for some time now, and, um, you know, Every day that I work in corporate, mainstream, whatever America, it gets more pressing that I do this episode. And so today, uh, we're going to be discussing uh, difficulty in the workplace, uh, dealing with difficult people, um, that subject matter. So um, if you guys can uh, get into it, please do so. Um, usually, I like to start off with uh, my weekend recap since I Published in the middle of the week, so Cree, we just had a holiday, Thanksgiving. How was your weekend, and how was the holiday for you? Well, the holiday was wonderful. Um, it was, had a great time visiting Detroit and visiting family. Uh, and quiet, and I believe that I use the holidays as they're intended to do, which is spend time with family and realize that, yes, I am better than these people. So... <laughs> Complete success. Complete success. (laughs) Yes. Stay grounded, queen. Oh, my, my, my. Okay, cool. So my holiday was, um, it was good. Usually I go back and forth between uh, friends and family, but this year I decided to stay at my parentals and kind of post up. And that was cool. Um, I enjoyed some time off work. So that's always a plus uh, in my book. (laughs) So um, back to the grind. And here we are. Um, So let's get right into it. I would like to let you guys know how me and Cree met, but I just feel like she might have a more accurate account. (laughs) And then I'll chime in because... (laughs) You know, my memory sometimes does not serve me in the way that I wish it would. And so um, we'll give you guys a little bit of background of how we met. And go ahead. Oh, my goodness. Well, are we mentioning this place? I mean, you know, we don't have to say names, per se. If you want to give it a fun nickname, fake name, that'll work. It's up to you. Uh. What, what I'm thinking, what the pit of hell? Um, sure, <laughs> sure. Gosh, um, yes. Well, we met at work uh, while we were both working in the pit of hell. Um, the beautiful thing about it is that I was transferring departments, so I moved to a different location. And when I was preparing to move to the location, someone came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, it's stuffy there." People are lame in this building, so you need to find Tiffany. And I said, oh, okay, well, I'll do that. And I'm pretty antisocial, so I thought I'm not going to look for Tiffany until I realized, dear God, I need a Tiffany because it was indeed the pits of hell. So I remember (laughs) going to your area, your desk, several times, you were never there. You were never there. Sounds accurate. Which, which should have been a glowing sign that yes, we would have got along, gotten along perfectly. Um, but yes, God. You were at the front desk one day, and I was walking by on my way to the my office, and someone called you by name, and I said, "Oh, you're Tiffany, huh?" Someone told me I needed to find you, and we have been surgically attached at the hip ever since. 
I feel like that's a pretty accurate account of how we met. I also, when you told me that, I also thought it was hilarious that somebody specifically told you to come and find me. Yeah, pretty sure that's a sign that I was a troublemaker. Possibly, possibly not. Um, however, <laughs> I'm very grateful um, that we met. So just to give you guys a, a little bit more history. So uh, when we did meet, uh, definitely instant chemistry, definitely spent the majority of our lunch breaks and our days together in between. Or okay. Somehow we always got our work done, though. I feel like I feel like we're the best kind of employee. We're like, yeah, you might think you see us slacking off, but we're really doing things and things are getting done. And you can't say anything because when you come and you're looking for that report or whatever it is that you thought I wasn't doing, it's already done. So you really can't even be mad, you know? Exactly. You can't yeah. clip it. You can't. Hence the extended lunch breaks and um, <laughs> cubicle time and office visits. It was magical for me. Um, and so <laughs> with that being said, um, after we uh, made a kinship friendship, mm -hmm. uh, Lucretia wound up moving uh, away from me, but for the greater good, she moved to sunny and beautiful California. Yeah. I'm going to pretend like I don't miss her because the Lord knows I do. But the beautiful thing about it is we really haven't missed a beat. <laughs> um, and I, I guess God works in mysterious ways because uh, when she was ready to make her departure from Lay Pit of Hell, um, then I was able to step into her role and uh, one thing I do appreciate about her is that even though she was gone, she still let me kind of pull on her coattail and, you know, ask her questions. And she just helped me along the way. And I was very grateful because she didn't have to do that, which let me know our friendship was just more than an office type of friendship. And so I'm very grateful um, for her. So um, that is the main reason why I chose her, because I just know <laughs> she can relate uh to this topic and um so let's get into it y'all so wanting to know for you lucretia how important is it or is it um important for you to have a work tribe or i you know people like to say work husbands or work wives that to me that entails work aunties, work uncles, or, you know, whoever you adopt as your work family. Is it very important for you to have one? Um, do you currently have one at your current job? Well, yes, it's absolutely important to me to have a healthy work tribe. Um, I, I'm in the midst of building that now, getting some work sisters. No one's really gotten to the point where they could be a work wife yet and that's just because you know you still have that dynamic of we just talk at work <laughs> yes bother me on the weekends um but having that healthy tribe is what's most important because you can click with people but you need to find that click where people can hear you out that you can vent to because i hate when you want to vent to somebody and they're like but but your reports look great. Like, no, let me vent and agree with me. The boss is a jerk, you know? And then mm -hmm. the right direction after you vent and support you to continue on with getting your paycheck. So, yes, to me, Work Tribe, absolutely necessary for sanity purposes. What do you think? I definitely agree only because, you know, I, I do actually know a lot of people who are very against it and very um, non, I don't want to socialize or fraternize outside of the office. So me, I'm, I listen, if it happens, it happens. Um, I think it's important to at least connect uh, on a level where you can feel safe with venting with someone because it's different talking to somebody who you work with and talking to like a friend outside of work like you can vent to your friends outside of work but it's nothing like venting to someone who actually is in the trenches with you and they know what you're talking about so it's one thing for me to tell like my sister oh my god my boss 
is a jerk, 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 jerk. And she'll listen. Like, oh, yeah, okay. But if I tell Cree my boss is a jerk, she'll be like, yes, girl, because I can hear her breathing next door. Her breathing is yeah. jerkified. So for me, it's very important. Um, I mean, and, you know, tribe, it just depends on, I guess, how social you are or how good you are at compartmentalizing the people that you decide to um, attach yourself to at work. So everybody is not, like you said, a hang out after work girl or let's go get cocktails for happy hour uh, person. You have your tribe or your certain people who are just for the workplace and that's it. And you know at 501, you're not going to talk to them again till tomorrow at nine-ish or whenever you decide to roll up in that thing. And then you have your people who you are, you know, you get really close to and you're like, let's hang out work and and you know it's okay within boundaries so you kind of have to know who you can and that does take time so I definitely you know appreciate you saying you're trying to figure out the work wife situation which is interesting because so when we were at the pit of hell together I can count on a couple fingers like how many people that I could really just like confide in and go to um, definitely including you obviously and there weren't too many of those people that I would see outside of work. And that was definitely pro-choice. My current situation, however, is very different. Um, It's very uh, unique in a way that the mix for me, um, and you can attest for sure, at the old gig, a.k.a. Pit of Hell, there was like one male to every hallway. Like, so the male to female ratio was very unbalanced. Gosh. It was was terrible to be exact. And so um, it was very spread out. So therefore, the the energy was very female. And that could be a good thing sometimes. And that could be not such a good thing sometimes, depending on the females or women that are in the scenario. Um, So my current situation is much more mixed is very more mixed so the dynamic is a little hilarious because I'm not sure if I've ever worked anywhere uh, where the dynamic was heavily mixed with like male female it was always women over the guys like the ratio was always high women and low men so it's been interesting to say the least so uh, comparing it to where we were I definitely have like several work wives like I I'm spraying it uh, laying it low and spreading it wide, like Tony uh, Braxton Mama said. Like, it's just it's some people I just have connected with. And so for me, there are different people, like, for different needs, different people I tell different things, um, different people I can, you know, hang out with outside of work, those who I know I can't, but they're good for work. Um, definitely got some work aunties floating around. I still talk to my work auntie from where we were. And so it, has built connections, I would say, for me um, that were long-lasting because some of my my work, auntie, it's like different levels for me, different tiers, right? So, like, the work aunties, those are like the elders of the building. (laughs) So, the work aunties, they kind of look out for you on a different level. They might bring you a piece of cake, like, oh, my baby in this office suffering. Let me go take care of her. Or if it's free lunch in the office, they'll hide you a plate like a real auntie. So you got to have a work auntie. Like, period. You better find your work. Because you got a work auntie currently, correct? (sighs) You know what? I've upgraded her to work mama. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I love Michelle. I love it. I love it. You got so you got to have that. I feel like you have to have like an elder. So yeah, auntie mama, you definitely got to have an older person that kind of knows what's going on that you can kind of, you know, lean your head on their shoulder when ain't nobody looking and kind of complain to them about what's going on and they're very supportive. Now, when it comes to the whole work wife, work husband thing because I know people usually look at that in a negative light and for me, um, the work husbands on, on, on everything I love y'all can kind of keep the work husbands because for me my work wives are the ones that come through like 
work wives, y'all come through. Shout out to my work wives. Y'all know who y'all are. I love y'all, and I don't want to name y'all by name because if I forget somebody, then I'm going to have to pay, and y'all expensive, and I really can't afford all of y'all. So what I'm going to do is not name y'all by name. Y'all know who y'all are, but, you know, when you sick, I could be, like, have a minor cough and and work wives will come over and visit, like, hey, how you doing? Oh, you need some tea. Oh, you need some chamomile. Oh, you need, like, work wives show up with the things. Like, work wives are very supportive, very sweet. Usually work husbands, they want something on the back end. So work husbands, to me, they're a little more trash. Like, work husbands is not as organic as, you know, the women you link up with, the ladies you link up with. We kind of just take care of each other um, to buying lunch or when it comes to just the little things or you need supplies like you go to your work wife first work husbands for me are just things to look at and to chit chat and I, I will say some of my work husbands they 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 are on it I'm not even going I'm not even going to talk about them in the light as such they don't do anything just women we just usually got the corner on it though like usually we're on the ball with it work husbands the ones at this current job because I had zero where we were um but at this uh particular place they'll they usually do the things like making sure you eat or making sure ain't nobody messing with you making sure you good that type of thing so i'm grateful for both sets of uh people and my work aunties and so shout out to y'all definitely love y'all because i i would say um segueing into the difficult like dealing with the difficult coworkers. that is why your tribe gets to be very important because without my tribe, and I can definitely just, let's just take it back to when we worked together. There were days where like, if you weren't there, I'd be ready to pack it up and leave. And I, and I just might, cause I had the sick time to do so. So <laughs> if you weren't there to like, you know, just kind of kick it with me and just kind of make the day go smooth. You kind of need that. Like you need, that morale and I think it's so funny how um a lot of times employers try to fight morale or they try to put a cap on morale um when in fact the happier your employee is the more productive they are and I wish that more places understood that and I, I think I've only worked in my whole adult career maybe two places in which those companies understood that work morale is important people feeling hurt people feeling safe people feeling like they can go talk to their cube mate or you know office mate or whatever for a couple minutes get some reprieve and then get back to doing work and maybe be more productive than they were when they walked in the door and so for me um that's the important of it importance of it so let's go ahead and talk about dealing with the difficult people because i can go on and on about my faves but the difficult people for me specifically supervisors so i don't know if you want to take it back to our days our heydays or if you want to talk about like your current situation if you have any difficult because i remember a couple difficult people on your previous situation and not from where we were but from your first situation when you kind of moved out to Cali and you had a couple difficult people or a difficult person in particular I remember um so like what was your experience with that person or any account you want to give and how do you generally deal with difficult people in the workplace you know well the person here I won't pay her no dust because I think I I leaned on a tribe more when it when I was in the pit of hell <laughs> because to have a supervisor whom I will be calling the wig yes, a supervisor who doesn't like you or isn't comfortable with who you are or who isn't comfortable with how comfortable you are with who you are is very stressful in a way that is beyond simply just remembering to staple a piece of paper or to send a fax. Like if you're a supervisor and you have a problem with my work, I can adjust my work. But to have a supervisor ask you to be less of who you are 
because they can't handle who you are. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> how how do you in a place of work ask me to dim my light? How can you tell me I'm too bright for you? Mm-hmm. You know? So in you're standing in standing because the wig didn't make it comfortable enough for you to sit. My God. <laughs> you're standing there and the person is telling you you're just too much, but can't give you any definite uh, examples of how you're too much, but just to say that, you know, you're too bright. Okay. All right. So after you have that information in your hand and you, you walk out of this office, if I did not have a tribe to turn to and say, this is the crap I've been handed, what do I do with it? How, you know, otherwise, I think I would have internalized it because mm-hmm. where I put it, I went to my tribe, I went to you and I said, do you know what the wig just said to me? <laughs> and I got instant validation from my work. Instant. And where my supervisor couldn't give me any definite examples of what was wrong with me, my work wife was able to give me definite examples of why I don't need to change at all. Mm. It was like, great. And I leave that mess, I leave that shit right at her office door. I don't take it in the office. I don't take it in the car with me. I don't take it home. And I don't think I would have had the room to do that if I didn't have a tribe of people to be like, she said what? You know, and, and to understand where I'm coming from. Like you said earlier, you know, you can complain to your sister and whoever else but because they're not in the trench with you and experiencing the same personalities and the same dynamic that you are, they sympathize, but they really don't get it. But your work tribe gets it because they're in the same environment. So that I think to date is probably the most difficult time I've had with a supervisor only because the problem was who I was. Not my work, not uh, my performance, but just I was too much for her. And the wig can keep choking on it, honey. No, I mean, I think accurately you would have to say the wigs in plural form because baby, she had a host of them things. And the, the crazy part is she looked better with her natural hair. I was like, does. hate yes because she had a head full of hair and i understand you know having hair is maintenance especially when you have natural hair from what it looked like she had you know like naturally you know an unprocessed hair and so yeah i I do get it It, it's an upkeep honey but you she looked so much better without any of her attachments head attachments and so For the income she was bringing in, because we all know we looked. Why are your wigs dusty? <laughs> listen, listen, because why, honey? Even why? like everyone, every color, child, every shade, every nation of her wig, baby. It was why, why? Because yes, we all look. We know what you make, Boo Boo Kitty. And so I was definitely perplexed about her wig selections as well. Um, but didn't really care enough to give her any advice on them. I just know she looked better when she did wear her real hair. So that was always um, hilarious to me. Yeah. Every time. Never got not funny. On the clothes. She blew her <laughs> on the clothes. And all the wigs were about to get one free. <laughs> I'm out of here. I am, I, I am ascending from this podcast and I am talking to you all from the afterlife. I hope that you will still accept me as I am. She kept the wigs in a Walmart uh, bag. I know she did. But like the, re- like the reusable ones. So, I mean, it wasn't the plastic plastic, but it was still a Walmart bag. I can feel my breathing getting exasperated. And what I'm not going to do is let you take me up out of here. <laughs> not before I say goodbye to my parents and my <laughs> loved ones. I'm not going to let you do it. But yeah, those wigs were atrocious in indeed and indefinitely. And it's funny that you mentioned that she was um like one of the to date 
kind of worst experiences that you had? Because for me, initially she was um, that also for me. So when you left, she then became my supervisor and my previous supervisor there. I had been there a total of five years. The previous supervisor, that was my girl. Like my girl like everybody loved her she was the one like that was my girl and I never had any issues nothing a write-up nothing and I and she was not even really there and if I did have an issue I could email her call her it was settled when she was in the office she was attentive and she was just so it listen you know I'm not gonna call her by name but let me just say this yes ma'am supervisors y'all need to take a note from the book of Old girl. Well, old girl. Well, let's call her old girl because that is how you supervise. You don't micromanaging all the the unnecessary uh, things that you're doing, stressing yourself out, trying to see what I'm doing. When in actuality, <laughs> the the get you gotcha or the gag is <laughs> it's so many other things that was going on up in there, honey, that they were not <laughs> privy to. <laughs> that were way more important than me being five minutes late from lunch or who I'm talking to at my cubicle like so many and I mean logistical things baby that y'all were missing that was just going under y'all nose so shout out to my previous supervisor before we um oh girl we'll call her um she was good in a way that if something needed to be done, if something wasn't done, she's going to have a conversation with you, but she's not going to micromanage you. She's not going to call you every five minutes, email you, trying to figure out, walk past your cubicle or your office, trying to see what you're doing. She trusts that she hired the person for the job and that that person is going to get her done. And that is how it should go. Um, but some people, they like to feel more important than they are. Uh, a lot of times because they don't have any power or any business in their personal lives. And so work is the only place they get to feel and or be important. And don't you attach a supervisor to their name, baby. It's over. Um, So that being said, definitely I thought wig was the worst of my worries until said current situation in which I walked in to a whole nother level i i would have to call her and she don't even wear wigs but just for conversational purposes we'll call her wig 2.0 if there is such a thing because baby she is something else and so without i guess being too detailed the environment i work in um i get as a woman and specifically an African-American woman, there are things that you have to go through to kind of get to different positions and higher positions and positions of um, supervisory positions. And sometimes being in a male-dominated type of career, I get where you kind of need to show that you are in charge, that you don't take no mess, you know, that you have things in control and under, you know, in order. And I, I do get that to an extent, but there's that. And then there's just you being an ass. Like, and so it, you need to know the difference. And so currently um, I'm definitely dealing with a difficult uh, supervisor, which is fucking hilarious because she's technically not even my direct supervisor which really makes it um harder I guess to deal with um there are certain things I do kind of have to converse with her about but in general when it comes to like write-ups or even like when I go to lunch or anything of that nature when I take time off I don't even have to run any of that past her so the fact that I have the most difficulty with her it is beyond me. I just feel like the universe is just a funny place and there is some lesson that I'm supposed to be getting and or learning. Not sure what that is, but I'm definitely going to seek counsel <laughs> about that um, because it's, it's to me beyond ridiculous. Um, some of the things I have to deal with. And so just to give you guys like um, an account. So just little stuff like, man, it, it, it's almost turning into like a preschool around that joint. Like 
people coming to me saying stuff like, oh, you know, I will come over there and say hi to you, but I heard, you know, I need to stay away from this area. And I'm like, are we toddlers? Like, what's really good? Because I, the last time I checked, I pay all my grown-ass, stinking-ass bills. And um, I, I don't enjoy being in an environment in which people don't even feel like they can speak to me without there being repercussion I think is absolutely ridiculous um and I get like you run your area how you feel like you need to run it but when it gets to the point where you're just being facetious and you're just doing little things to um attack people's character and, and you know that's really not the case and then I can speak for both of us we're the type of employees like when we come to work, we come to work. Even with our, you know, chatter or even with our, hey, girl, hey, we get things done. We normally come every day. And, and for me, like, especially on all my jobs, really perfect attendance. I never really call off. My sick bank is sky high. And so it's unfortunate when you get uh, supervisors who don't recognize how important that is, um, don't recognize how valuable that is to uh an organization where you have somebody who not only do they know their job, but they come, um, they're present more than they're absent. Um, they don't really give you any issue. Um, you know, so those people who don't recognize that and still want to find a way to make your day miserable, I am just more than certain they're not getting laid right. Um, I'm pretty sure they eat chalk for breakfast. Like, I don't know what your problem is. But I'm just hoping that the universe go ahead and handle you because it it makes for a stressful day. And I was reading something the other day, like on Facebook. You could definitely let me know if you agree or not. And it was something to the effect of, you know, employees are not choosing jobs based on salary anymore or perks anymore. Like employees want to be heard. They want to feel safe. Like they want to know they're coming to work and not leaving with migraines ahead. Cause I can definitely say, and I know, you know, people can say all day, oh, you know, don't let nobody affect you. Don't let nobody it's hard to not let somebody affect your day when you have to go a whole day with them and they find a reason every day. Like to say anything to you, even when you've done nothing wrong, they're going to find something that is really the mark of a miserable person. And going back to what you said about Wig and how she literally could never really tell you what it was about you, you know what I'm saying? Because there really was nothing other than the fact that she was uncomfortable with you just being who you are and not sure if y'all can tell through this exchange, but let me tell you something. I definitely have what I like to call a big personality. That's a nice way for me to say I'm dramatic sometimes. <laughs> and um, definitely free spirit, wild heart. Um, and, and so is Cree. We're definitely just who we are. Like definitely um, people kind of gravitate toward us and people, you know, we could be really just minding our black ass business and people will <laughs> just walk into our office or walk up to us and start telling us their life story. I'm not going to stop you and I'm not going to send you away. Like, I welcome that even if I didn't ask for it. So I think really the the issue is, the underlying issue is people in general, in life, they can't stand you because of the way other people love you or the way other people gravitate toward you. Because definitely a test in the wig, nobody wanted to gravitate toward her to the point where people would bypass her and yeah. she was the head of the department to come talk to when Cree was in the position, Cree um, and her other uh, coworker. And then when I was in a position, me, I would have people come in my office and say, can you help me with X, Y, Z? Because I don't want to go to WIG because she is unapproachable. But like, I don't want to have a conversation with her. And definitely same thing at current situation, you know. Um, people, again, my work wives, my work husbands, they take care of me. I take care of them. It's a reciprocal thing, right? So one day they might bring donuts, the next day I might bring donuts. And, when pe and people may not say anything, but they see when other people are loving on you. And because it's not them, they cannot stand it. And they're going to find a way to try to make you and anybody who thinks they want to befriend you or treat you nice, miserable. And I just think, why? 
<laughs> because if you were a little more tolerable, if you were a little more approachable, if you were a little better human being, people <laughs> want to also do those things for you. So I definitely have vented several times to Cree about a new situation. And gratefully, um, in my position, I only have to be there for a year before I can make moves and apply to other positions, which was always the goal anyway. But this one here, she definitely trying to speed the process up. <laughs> and I'm really um, just trying to keep my head above water and make a way when I can um, before it be a temporary layoff uh, for one of us. Cause she really gonna get these two pieces in a biscuit. And um, I'm just really trying to remain humble in the situation and understand that knowing my work ethic, again, been there several months at this point, no write-ups. Um, previous to her becoming my pseudo-supervisor, I was on a different shift when I first started this job, right? The previous supervisor, she has her own level of crazy, <laughs> but she, she it didn't affect me like she's just crazy in her own right but as far as my work ethic what I did my reviews are glowing <laughs> my you know my evaluations are glowing so there's no way you can even tell me um that all of a sudden when I come to a new shift that I'm just this whole other terrible person I just know the problem lies within her you feel me so with all that being said do you have any things that you do throughout the day Curry, at work um, other than like your work tribe, your work people, your your um, confidants that you do to kind of help you diffuse a situation or kind of de-stress a situation while you're at work or even when you get off work, are there things that you do um, to kind of make the experience more bearable for you until, you know, you can either change the situation or that person is no longer affecting your life? Um, do you have any advice for listeners? Oh, gosh. Oh, stress relievers. Um, you know, take some time, pull out a piece of paper, you know, write the month at the top of the paper, and then list your bills and how much they are. Um, God. That will give you instant focus uh, because this person is going to be an asshole tomorrow as well, and your rent will also be due. So do what you can do about what you can do about. You can handle your rent. You can't handle um, their uh, personality deficiency. So really just remembering why you're there and remembering that you don't have to be. Uh, <laughs> I would say escape plan. In the middle of uh, and I don't, you probably saw me do this before Tiffany, like in the middle of being annoyed, I just pull out a piece of paper and I make an escape plan. Uh, <laughs> if you don't want to be there, make a plan. Okay, so maybe you need to be here long enough to go get that job or that position that's over in that department. If that's what you want, then your actions should be geared towards that. Or you pull up Indeed.com and you start seeing what's available in your area. It's just knowing that it's a job. It ain't your God. These people don't give a damn and your bills must be paid. It helps you refocus. Mm. Walk. And then if none of that satisfies you, call your mama and ask her if she got you for a month and then go slap a bitch. I mean, go... <laughs> Oh, go ahead. And, and you know what? Honestly, my real advice would be if you have sick time, if you have vacation time, use it because you will let a place drive you crazy. You will let a place drive you sick because you you're you're like a hamster on a wheel. Mm -hmm. Take time for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what? Once you drop dead, they just go post your job. Um, Baby, and push you out the door and, and think uh, of it. Exactly. So make sure you're taking care of yourself and be not afraid to walk away. You know what? Today in my office, it's a bunch of us social workers sitting around. And I said very seriously, you know what? It looks like a place to work because those people are always freaking happy. Yes. Always. 
always. And, you know, some seasoned social workers was like, you know, you might be on to something. They probably don't get paid enough, but you may be on to something. I said, because that's, you're going with the mentality that you're going to go and refill drinks forever. I'll go to Chick-fil-A and then franchise. It's all about <laughs> your thoughts. Yes. Yes. You know, go be happy. And just because you're in a place that people might look down upon doesn't mean that's where you're always going to be. Hence, you got to have that plan. Because mm-hmm. I really did consider Chick-fil-A for a minute. I had it for a long time. Girl, and I got to tell you about this guy named Bryce who serves mm-hmm. through the window. He served my Chick-fil-A and I was about to say, hey, this is a Chick-fil-A. It's consumption. I'm just saying. Um, again, take care of yourself. You first, you know, your family needs you. Um, so pick your battles. Mm. That's what I definitely, definitely, definitely agree. And for me, um, so I like the escape plan. Definitely what so for me, I might not make an escape plan, but you know what makes me feel much better dealing with especially this particular week 2.0. Um when I I'll go back to like my desk and I may not like write out what my escape plan is because like for me I already know what it is because I already came in. Now this is one of those jobs where I came in with an escape plan. <laughs> like I came in like okay, this is literally how long I'm gonna be in this position. And once my year is up, then I can apply to other things. Like, that was always the plan. She is just making it a difficult time until my year is up. You know what I'm saying? So I'm grateful that it's almost up. Time flies. My goodness. I feel like I just started this job. But, um, you know, what I actually do for me is what you said as far as just being who you are and knowing your worth. Like, I just start immediately thinking about how this job has literally nothing to do with my purpose and literally nothing to do with where I'm going to be. Now, it might have like a a hand in where I'm going, but it's not my final destination. It is not where I'm trying to be indefinitely. It's literally just a stepping stone to where I'm going. And so the way I kind of get through it is just really thinking about my greatness and my actual... um, like my talent, like the things that God has given me and how they're going to propel me uh, to the next level. And I'm definitely uh, agreeing with you uh, where you said um, the job is not your God and and, and neither is you a bitter ass supervisor. So I'm going to need you to simmer the fuck down. Um, If you hear me, uh, hopefully at some, how this resonates uh, to your dusty ass ears. Um, in some way, because I think, you know, partially, I think we can attest, we've all had difficult supervisors. I think what is most hurtful for me is when it's women against women. And then because being a person of color, when it's black women against black women, and that just seems to be more the case than not. I've talked to several people about that situation. I just... Black le- women, listen, y'all, when y'all get these positions, when y'all, that's a time to build, right? That's a time you should be mentoring. That's a time you should be taking people under your wing, but you so threatened that somebody coming for your spot. Mm-hmm. So threatened that somebody trying to be you, baby girl, don't you know I don't want that spot? Most times I don't want that spot. Like that's not even, the sp- I'm trying to go above you or around you, but your spot, you can have, honey. Cause like I'm not even coming for that spot. So it kind of makes me sad, um, disappointed when it's coming from another woman of color, when you should really be using your platform to uplift and build. And instead you literally use it to, be petty like you literally link up with other supervisors to plot and be petty on your people and I just wish that wasn't the narrative so if you are listening and you are one of those and you know if you are one of those people do some soul searching like just know that your whole department can't stand you just know that people when you come in people's heartbeats change like that's you shouldn't even want that pressure on you like you should not 
want to be the person that people cannot stand because I think people equate respect with I have to be a bitch or I have to be this way like you can literally be a good person and still be respected as a supervisor as a person um, in charge like you don't have to flex per se like you can definitely still lay the law of the land down without being an asshole and I don't think people certain people don't realize that and for me it's more difficult uh, sometimes because I used to be in many managerial roles and I'm not always saying I was perfect in those situations I've definitely learned from some of those situations but I know for sure I didn't have to be ask to get my point across or to get my team to fall in line um that's actually the opposite of what the fuck you should do so um my way of dealing with the difficult people although you know i do have my challenging days i will inbox you immediately like child today she trying it again like but for the most part i just try to recount who i am whose i am you know why I'm here, like you said, definitely take them bills into account before I haul off and flip somebody's desk up and just realize, like you said, I don't have to be there if I don't want to, and then start coming up with ways to, to yeah, you know, ways to, what what's next for me? Like, if you can't stand it here, if this person making it difficult for you, because I'm, I'm definitely in a situation where this person, unless something terrible, terrible happened, as far as um, repercussions, it's very difficult to get anything moving um, at the type of place where I work because everybody is unioned up, everybody is lawyered up. So it's not like a typical job where you just kind of go to HR and be like, oh, this person getting on my nerves, can you go talk to them? It's so many steps that you have to take to even get anything accomplished um, when it comes to making complaints about people and the longer they've been on a job, the harder it is to get rid of them. So for me, sidebar, that's why unionized jobs, y'all, this is my the first job I've had where I've signed up to be in the union. And it's a gift and a curse <laughs> because when it comes to keeping your job, the union will fight for you. Um, they'll come on your behalf and more than likely you'll keep your job. But baby, when it comes to trying to, you know, make a complaint or like deal with a difficult person, baby, it is like pulling teeth. So you almost kind of feel like you, you fight in the losing battle. So your best defense, and um, let me throw this in there too, document, document, document. If that's what you got to do, if you're feeling like you're in an unfair situation or you're feeling like you're in a situation where you ever may have to um, report on this person or it's just getting to a point where you can't deal, you definitely need to have your ducks in a row. You definitely need to be writing things down, sending yourself emails, whatever it is that you need to do so that if something does come up or they try to pull the okie doke on you, like you're not the good employee, definitely pull all your documents. I know I play, I got you on this one because on this date and that date and at this time, and it's unfortunate that you have to play that game, but it is what it is. So I would definitely say just try to remember who you are going in the door, going out the door throughout the day. If you are a person that believes in having a work tribe or your work wife, your work husband, definitely lean on them for support. Definitely, you know, consult them when you can. And just try to remember, like, these jobs, don't let them take you out because no ma'am, no ham. Um, so I definitely um, appreciate you, Cree. And so now definitely it's time for my favorite part of the show, which is Tiffany Two Cents. And um, today... Since we are talking about workplace teams and workplace etiquette teams, um, let's talk about work crushes. Um, do you currently have a work crush? Have you ever had a work crush? How do you gen generally deal with work crushes or do you kind of just mm, let them roll off your back like you kind of have it but you don't really make it? No. Like, what's the deal? Need to know. Uh do not currently have a work crush, but I have had a work crush before and I had zero chill. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be embarrassed by the way I behave. It's one of those things where you have an interest and you kind of lay it all out. And you know what? I'm pretty smooth. Like, if I have interest in you, you know. Because I show you, and I, I have a level of care and concern, and I like to spoil, 
Oh, God, it was so bad. Oh, this last word crush was so bad mm. for, for deliverance. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those things where you know you should chill out, but you can't because they fine mm-hmm. on them. And they single. So, I'm not even being messy for real, for real, but a little bit. But not really. Like nothing to go to HR about, so uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, I don't know. What about you? Okay, so <laughs> I would say just like over the years, I have had a few work crushes, and f- to be fair, I actually have not been reckless in my work crushes. Um, I've had a couple. I can say, and literally by a couple, I literally mean like two in which these people worked under me. And so I definitely am one of those people that I try not to shit where I eat. You feel me? Because if something go awry, I'm not trying to see you every day. I'm not trying to (laughs) act like it did not go awry. And I definitely don't want no issues because I I've actually been pretty good when it comes to dating or when it comes to like love or lust or whatever. I generally don't let people stand in the way of my money. So if I feel like <laughs> I like you, uh, I got a crush on you or whatever, and we work together, I'm going to either act like that crush don't exist until one of us don't work there no more, or I'm just going to kind of let it fizzle in my mind. And so I, I definitely have had two situations, uh, with two different people uh, throughout my career, but both of those times I was both of their managers and definitely they knew I was flirting. They was flirting, but we kept it very clean. Right. Until one of us didn't work there. And then it was on and popping. I done had a couple listen, <laughs> I done got some benefits from some of those. So I uh, shout out to uh, <laughs> the ghosts of Christmas past because baby, the, I think that's the safest way. <laughs> I think that's the safest way to kind of wait um, until you no longer have to be in that person's presence. So I kind of try to be careful with work work crushes in that way. Do I currently have a work crush? I do. I do. And this might be news to you because I try not to bring said work crush up because word on the block is this person is unavailable, right? Uh Uh-huh. But here's my thing, okay? And I'm going to try not to be that girl. But the vibes are so strong, right? And it's so good. And, like, he's one of those guys, like, it's like he almost too good to be true. So you almost don't want to have a crush on him because you like, okay, what is, what's wrong? Like, you, you almost, like, some got to be wrong because he's one of those, like, real charismatic like always back straight head hell high handsome like you want to take him home to your mama and and you can huh, he one of those types that you could take him to the trap house or you could take him to the white house like he can like blend in with the best of them he can hold a conversation with the best of them and um, we've been out a couple of times like as co-workers a bunch of us have been out together so I've got to kind of know him in a um you know not an office setting and that didn't help because his his swag just went up like twenty eight thousand points <laughs> when we were out and about um and he's just very um uh, he speaks my language like I consider myself very good and very like witty and I'm kind of quick when it comes to flirting but he he got a comeback from me every time like every time I think I done said something to get him off his square, he'll say something and I'm just stuck. And so for that reason, I'm gonna leave that man right where he stands. Oh. I know. It's so trash because he ooh we like the oh, the fun we could have. I can just see it. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it with my naked eye. And I just know that um if it is true that he does have somebody. I definitely am not a girl who wants to break up a uh, a happy home or a home in general, but let me say this work crush, if you get your hands on this podcast um and the home is not happy, send out the bat signal. 
Like hit me with the blink, like blink twice if you're not happy. <laughs> blink once if you're happy. I need to know. Like I need to know what's going on because if you if you give me the green light, I'm gonna just continue like there may be a chance. But for now, I kind of just lay in the cut. When I see him, I give him a what up. We might get the dab, we might get, you know, hug it out a little bit, but other than that, he's just a dream deferred, and I just kind of, it's nice to look at him. and uh, No raisins in the sun over here, because you're real classy-based. <laughs> Me, I'll be already texting with his mama and in his cousin's wedding, because I have no chill. <laughs> I don't know boundaries. I end up in people's houses, and they come home, like, oh, hey. Oh, <laughs> how you doing, crush? Yeah, I'm just oh. Daddy, having a beer. That's what I'm doing. Okay. No. <laughs> and it's bad because he definitely, like, he definitely, huh, when I say he is, like, that guy, like, at work, like, everybody, he kind of give, everybody kind of give him that double take, like, woo-wee. Like, so when you see him, when he, just when he walked down the hall, like, he just, Ooh, I, I'm not even about to get into it because I'm going to get my own feelings hurt. So all I'm going to say is, yes, I'm going to keep it cute, very cute and classy because um, I definitely don't want nothing that don't belong to me. However, in the event, work crush, that you ain't feeling what you thought you was feeling, I am single, I am free, I am uh, available uh, for dates and conversation um so you let me know so i'm gonna got to give you the green light i gotta let you gotta let me know because i'm definitely not trying to step on no toes but he makes it very hard i'm gonna be very clear he he's he's the only work crush that i i currently have he really makes it hard i ain't gonna lie i'm gonna just i'm gonna say that and I'm gonna be are you saying that if his love is in the lost and found you're gonna come along to claim it let me tell you something Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> I'm talking about vultures get back. <laughs> he, he is that guy. Like I don't even know how else to say he is that guy. Like when you when he just like you know how some people enter a room and their presence is just like it fills the room. Like their whole every persona, everything about him. When he come in the room, baby, I'm done. I'm done. Like when he come in the room, I straighten my back. Like, like, if I'm slouching, I sit up, I look up. If I see him coming across the way, I'm definitely frantically digging in my purse, looking for my lip gloss, checking my face, making sure ain't no boogers, like, making sure everything's a-okay before he get to me, because I know he coming over there. He gonna make his appearance. So I do quick one-two check in the mirror, get my face together real quick, because I know he coming. And then when he do... That's just another vehicle to help me through the day, honey, because he is something else, boy. Something special. God bless. God bless his daddy and his mama. God damn. That man. Okay. Come through. Hey, that's, a, ooh, that's a fine man, boy. <laughs> I just want to shake somebody's hand that had anything <laughs> to do with his existence. Like, I just I want to give props where props is due. Shout out to the parentals of my work crush. And I'm, honestly, if, if the case is, to be fair, if the case is he do got a bull, I would like this crush on the inside to simmer down. So I'm going to try to find some chill about myself. To be fair, I've been able to keep it pretty cool, even in social situations. Even in the situation where we actually got to dance together a couple times, I, you know, for the most part, kept it pretty uh, PG-13, borderline and... You know... The bad influence that you are. I'm not about to play with you. You know what? On, on and on. mysterious ways. Who am I to throw his plans? Who am I? I'm just a vessel trying to be used by my work crush in every way. Ow. What? Ow, ow. <laughs> so that being said, y'all, I appreciate you for listening, Cree. Yes. I haven't said it uh, publicly on this podcast. I love you, and I am. More than grateful, like literally, legitimately, like how we met, why we met. It was definitely for a reason. 
Um, I can appreciate how I can lean on you, and you are always there for me. And Loki said that you moved halfway across the world, but that time zone sometimes be coming through in a clutch. Like when I'm up and I'm out at the club and in Detroit hours, it's like it's time to go to bed. LA hour says Cree is up and ready to listen to your drunken rants. <laughs> so I appreciate you and I do love you. Um, and I thank you for being my co-host today, you guys. If you have any offerings you would like to give, any opinions, any thoughts about today's show, you can send those to Tiffany Tuneup, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-T-U-N-E-U-P dot, I'm sorry, at gmail.com. That's Tiffany Tuneup at gmail.com. You can also send your uh, advice letters to the same email address. If you want to remain anonymous, you can absolutely do that. Let me know that you want to remain anonymous and I will make sure that you do and remember this podcast is available in most of your major podcasting networks so that would include apple and spotify uh, google podcast and any of your other major podcast networks so again thanks guys for tuning in cree i love you girl love you too and bryce from chick-fil-a i'm ready yes bryce and work crush you heard me so Let's get it. Bryce, work crush, America, surrounding countries. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.